On today's edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast, stock up, stock down after another win for the Eagles, 3-0, and 25-11 on Monday Night Football over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All that and more on this Wednesday edition of Locked On Eagles. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Eagles, your first listen each and every day. Welcome, Eagles fans, to a Wednesday edition of the show. I'm Louis DiBiase, joined as always by Gino Camilleri. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. And your team is the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles at 3-0. and One of three teams left undefeated. They join the San Francisco 49ers and the Miami Dolphins at 3-0. and Two teams, by the way, they do play later on in the season, but we're going to continue to recap this win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 25-11. to And Gino, we mentioned it yesterday to start the show, although the score, by the way, a weird score, Scorigami, the first time ever an NFL game finished 25-11, to although it was a 14-point result, it never felt like that. This felt like a blowout, and the only reason it wasn't was because the Eagles just weren't scoring touchdowns. They had to settle for field goals. But you mentioned it yesterday. It never felt like this game was out of their grasp on both sides of the ball, or all three phases, because special teams had a really good day, too. It is unbelievable that for once I looked at the special teams unit and I wasn't upset about it. But I think they found yeah. a winning formula, Lou. I tweeted out this earlier, Earlier, and this is from NFL um, Game Sports Info Solutions. The Philadelphia Eagles currently rank second in the NFL in time of possession through three games, averaging 36 yeah. minutes and 24 seconds on offense. They also rank second in rush yards a game. They're tied sixth in first downs per game with 22.7 and tied Mm -hmm. fifth in third down percentage conversion per game at 46.51. That's the formula. Stay on the football field. Just keep the other team off. They had the ball with 9.02 remaining in the fourth quarter up by two touchdowns and the Buccaneers did not get the ball back. The Eagles continue to just know how to win those games, Lou. And that's one of those things that I think they've solidified that years ago. That was a previous regime thing where they win games late in the fourth quarter. That was more 2020 or more 2018 2018 when the passing game was struggling later on in the year they relied on that run game yeah yep and they got it going and they were closing out games and like those nine minute drives where there's 15 16 plays it seems like they're setting a new record every single week but in reality the goal of football is to hold the ball score as many points as possible and not allow the other team to do the same. And quite frankly, if the Eagles are holding the ball for two thirds of the game and only they're allowing their opponent to hold it for less than a third of the game, well, yeah, that's how you're going to win football games. And that's going to be key, Lou, especially when you play Miami, especially when you play San Francisco. If you could control the game and control the clock then and choke it down to your advantage where you Mm -hmm. can run the football, that's how the Eagles are going to win football games. And if it's not broke, don't fix it. It's working. This yeah. formula has worked. Now, in 21 regular season games, Jalen Hurts is 20 and 1. Why? Well, it seems that everything that he does, it kind of balances well with the run game and how far they have to take that pass game to an extent mm-hmm. because they have that great right hook, which is the run game. And the pass game is only going to get better, in my opinion. Gino, I've never seen an Eagles team that makes winning seem this easy. And I don't mean based on how each game goes, because you look at the Patriots game, they struggled. They had to close on the fourth quarter. But just, you know, you mentioned Jalen Hurts is 20-1 and in his last 21 games. 
The first year he comes in, even in 2021, they rattle off seven of nine to finish off the year and make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They just they win football games, and it always, you know, sometimes it looks different. The run game has carried them. Sometimes the pass game carries them. Sometimes it's the defense that carries them. But I've just I've never seen a core make winning seem this routine. Maybe this is the way it looked early in the 2000s with McNabb and all those guys. I was really still too young to fully process that. Because even when you look at like 2017, 2022, they were still surprised. I think a lot of us were surprised how good those teams were. Whereas this year, it's expected that they're winning. And they just do it every single week, no matter how it looks. It's almost like... It feels like like the KD Warriors in October of the NBA season where I'm not saying the Eagles aren't trying, but they're so talented and they're so used to this that they can almost get these wins at like 70 to 75% without flipping that switch yet. And we know they have to flip that switch at some point later on in the year, but that's what it feels like. I mean, this is one of the golden eras of Eagles football I feel like we're in right now. I hope that we have exactly what you just said. And I think yeah. Doug Peterson was almost Nostradamus to an extent where he said, this is the new norm. I yeah, think he was, he was predicting right the era after him, which is funny. <laughs> but the new norm is that culture. I mean, it doesn't, it's not shocking to see why they are here, right? Because all of the pieces that you need to create a winning football team, the environment that you need to have a winning football team they have it Howie Roseman has been here now for over a decade he knows exactly what he wants up top which is aligned with Jeffrey Lurie the owner of the football team Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts are like a digit on the hand of each other right like Howie Roseman's old quote about Carson Wentz but now it seems that all of the faults that they had in the previous regime under Doug Peterson, that was the final area of the room that they had to clean up. And now they are sitting here and we're saying they're winning games going through the motions. Like they're not even at that part where they're dominating teams because we know they can get to that extent. Yeah. Tampa Bay was a true domination, but you're going to see a game when the Eagles win by 30 plus points and it's just never even close like yeah Tampa Bay was a great game seeing them control that great game was awesome same with Minnesota but the Eagles still haven't hit their final form and that's the scary part and they're like Pokemon right now like they're on the second evolution we're just waiting for them to get to Charizard at this point which again is scary because Gino it wasn't a bad game at all I think we mentioned this yesterday it was the most complete game they had played in all three phases through three weeks, you know, mm-hmm. compared to the New England game, compared to Minnesota. So this wasn't a game where they struggled and won and you're, you know, upset and you're like this. Because that's kind of how I felt in the New England game. It's like, yeah, they won, but it, it shouldn't have been this close. Like they were dominating and they let that game slip away. It was almost on them that they took that L and they didn't. This game, yes, it wasn't the peak, which again shows how good this team is. But yet all three phases, there's so much positive to talk about that we're going to mm-hmm. get into. I look at what they're building right now because they still are building. And when you look at all the ingredients to the recipe, they have them. I mean, they have the guys to win one-on-one matchups. I believe they have the right coaches. I think Brian Johnson is just the last guy to kind of figure it out. And I think that second half against Tampa Bay was a very good look inside of what it can be when it is starting to go well. I mean, they put out statistics today. I think it was Seth Walder over at ESPN. The Eagles run next to no motion on their offense. I mean, they are last in the league at getting guys to cross the formation. The one service I use 
They've only had a guy out of 233 plays travel across the formation 11 times. It's like when they figure that out, when they figure out the advantages on offense when it comes to game planning, that's when it, it's going to yeah, get right now really it feels scary. like they're just winning off talent, Gino, and just execution with your personnel. Yep. That's exactly what it is, right? And I think that was kind of our qualm about the Tampa game was like, yes, yeah, A.J. Brown dominates one-on-one, but like, let's make it a little bit easier for him. And they're going to get there, and you're seeing it slowly but surely, but it's a great sign to see where the defense is right now when your special teams isn't costing you games but rather putting you in good field position. Wow, that's a marvelous concept that really helps out your offense when they're not really getting it going because how many times, even though they don't get a touchdown, do you get a field at least you're getting points, and that's what it—that's what the Eagles need, right? They need to be in those situations where they have shorter fields, they can put together points, and those longer drives where they are backed up, you know they could put together 10-minute drives if need be. I mean, it's crazy that Tampa Bay didn't get that ball back because you're thinking, yeah. I mean, everybody that probably bet on Tampa with that five-and-a-half-point spread over at FanDuel's like, okay, Tampa, we got nine minutes. Let's get a stop. Let's get a touchdown. Yep, Eagles we can get play a field back, goal garbage late. time, touchdown. Yep, yeah, we're going to cover. Exactly. No, the Eagles put a no. chokehold and took that right out of sight, yeah. and that's what you need to. I mean, good teams win, great teams cover. They covered yeah. three or four times over, which is exactly what you wanted to see. The fact that it's becoming a norm for the Eagles to do this almost every game where you just can't get the ball back for mm-hmm. seven plus minutes and they're having a double digit play drive every single week. It's inc- it's an incredible luxury that they've earned through the investments they've made in the offensive line, the contracts to Jeff Stoutland to make sure he doesn't get promoted elsewhere across the league and the running back investments they made too with DeAndre Swift, who was incredible and he will be definitely on that stock up list coming up next. More stock up. Coming up right here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast after a 25-11 to win for the Birds over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And guys, today's show is sponsored by eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Lockdown Fantasy Football host Vinny Lyre to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Vinny has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. And it's Jaguars wide receiver Calvin Ridley, who definitely needs a bounce-back game after an up-and-down performance against Houston. Some bad drops, including what would have been a beautiful touchdown throw from Trevor Lawrence. What better way to rebound than a revenge game in London against his former team, the Atlanta Falcons. Gino, I think Ridley's going to bounce back. He's too talented. Trevor Lawrence is too talented. I think Doug Peterson's going to get that team back on track this week against Atlanta. I think Ridley's someone that should bounce back for your fantasy team. One thing that doesn't make sense is why AFC South teams play against each other the way they do and why Jacksonville didn't win that game and Calvin Ridley didn't play well. But another thing is the Jags tend to have pretty good performances in London. I like my odds with Calvin Ridley. I like him going against that secondary that Atlanta has. And like you said, he needs that bounce back week. He was so dominant two weeks ago and he was right there at scoring some big time points last week. I'm with Vinny. I'm with you. Let's go with Calvin Ridley here and ride on that London game. For sure. Vinny Lyre from Lockdown Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride 
or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions do apply. This is the Locked On Eagles podcast, a Wednesday edition of the show. I'm Louis DiBiase, joined as always by Gino Camilleri. Shout out to our everydayers for making us your first listen Monday through Friday. Continuing to recap a 25-11 to 11 win over the Buccaneers. And, Gino, it's time for stock up, stock down. And there's a lot of positives. Again, the Eagles, they're still not clicking on all cylinders, but this was a pretty complete win. There was a lot of positives on offense, defense, and special teams. And I want to start with the quarterback. I want to start with Jalen Hurts. I feel like yesterday, not that we had a very negative tone about Jalen, but we were very honest. Like, we pointed out a lot of the good, but also a lot of the bad that needs to be corrected, like the turnovers. I thought he definitely had some inaccurate throws yesterday. But, like, let's contextualize. Let's take a step back at what he still did last night. With the flu, in the rain, against a good defense, Jalen Hurts still put up 277 passing yards, And he made some massive throws like those two throws to Zacchaeus in the first half, the 23 yard bomb, and then, you know, off script scrambling away. And then the touchdown throw where he takes a lick. I mean, those are the plays that show he is not regressing. Those are some of the best throws I think he's made of his entire career. So in those two passes to AJ Brown to end the game in the fourth quarter on money downs, third and long and fourth down still thought, I mean, Jalen had a pretty damn good game. When we were talking about how they have this nine-minute drive of where they can just bleed the clock out, there's going to come some times where you get behind the sticks and you need your quarterback to make a big-time throw. And there were those games when 10 years ago, it's like, oh, Tom Brady has, what, two minutes on the clock? That's way too much time. Or he has to go bleed out the clock and they have to convert on a big third down. That's what it almost felt like with Jalen on that last drive or so, that he had such command of the way that game was going. They made the adjustments they needed to. And I really thought the biggest play, it's just a simple uh, Dallas Goddard's lined up to the left. He's got the linebacker safety above him. He's got to read the leverage. He breaks in Jalen hurts, hits him before he even gets out of his break. They go and pick up a big first down. Jalen was just seeing the field so well at that point. And he really honed in with what he had really thrown quite literally thrown away in that first half and with those two interceptions and he kind of settled into where when we talk about Jalen Hurts and why he is so good we always talk about how good he is at winning football games and we have to say that he's not Tim Tebow no who just won in college this guy's not winning everywhere Lou and having that quote-unquote clutch gene Kid freaking has it, man. Like, I I don't know what more to say. Like, what bigger sample size do you want than the last 21 regular season games and even the playoff games that he had? No, absolutely. And that's the thing. The kid is still completing 68% of his passes this year, and he's still hitting deep plays every single week. Like, yep, the turnovers, they definitely have to be cleaned up. But, you know, even some of the inaccuracies yesterday, that has not been a theme of the season. I thought his ball Mm -hmm. placement, and there were some money throws. Like, ball placement's tough to complain about that after yesterday's game. The first two weeks, that definitely was not an issue either. So, you know, Jalen Hurts, again, there's some things to clean up that he wasn't dealing with last year. But overall, I mean... I, I do feel like I kind of lo- woke up this morning and felt like I was being a little nitpicky compared to some of the quarterback play we're seeing across the NFL. Like he's still at times playing at an elite level. And so even that interception of Devonte Smith, like that wasn't there and it was forced, but there were so many highlight plays from last year where he makes that exact same throw and 
Devontae Smith or A.J. Brown come down with it. So I don't want to discourage him from making those plays and staying aggressive either, as long as it doesn't, you know, as you mentioned yesterday, it doesn't snowball like it did for Carson Wentz at the end in 2020. That's what you got to be careful of and not always force the issue like that, like your Jameis Winston or Josh Allen does that at times. Um, but even that interception, looking back at it today, I'm like, I was kind of okay with it. It's the one quote or in one reference we use all the time on this show it's thanos in infinity war with the knife on his finger saying you need that balance and that's the thing with jalen i think we have a right to nitpick him and i hate it it's like oh he's playing better than x y and z well it's like when you're at the top of the mountain you're not going to look down and look at the guys that are down there and saying oh i wish i was there it's like no i want to get to the next peak yeah Yeah, he he also deserves deserves the benefit of the doubt now though gino because that is not like for his the majority of his career he's been aggressive yet calculated mm-hmm. he doesn't really make those what are you doing type of throws pretty consistent yeah and especially when you go back and you look at the all 22 of that second interception i mean you can see yeah. it like it's it's not like there's Dak Prescott interceptions on tape where it's like there was nothing there right. he at least knows what his arm strength is he is the third longest completed air distance pass of the year in the national football league he knows he can sling the rock and that's a throw of confidence and if he stops making those throws that's when i think we should be worried i agree gino stock up as well to deandre swift in the offensive line i mean mm-hmm. over 200 yards against the, they just made the number two ranked defense against the run seem like nothing vita Vea is one of the best run stoppers in the league and there was nothing they could do to stop this offensive line and to stop Swift. I mean, this honestly could be, Gino, a better run game, even than what we saw last year and in 2021. Somebody on Twitter said, DeAndre Swift is everything I wanted Miles Sanders to be, and I really liked Miles Sanders, and I thought that's the yes, exact perfect way, way to put, put it. it. Yeah, Behind this elite offensive line, you're just wanting somebody that has that Ferrari type of gear, and we saw it. We've seen it multiple times. He's the fastest running back they've had since McCoy, and its I don't think it's close. I think in the long, when it comes to the long speed, he might top Shady a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah, I, he's faster than McCoy. Yeah, probably. He's he definitely in the short areas. I mean, Shady was just a one of a kind, but that doesn't yeah. take away anything from DeAndre Swift. And when you're behind that offensive line, all you have to do is take what is given to you. And I think DeAndre has done an exceptional job at that. And the moments that he has to do his best Jalen Hurts impression where he has to wait behind the offensive line, bounce it outside after that hole develops and he picks up nine yards on a run that looks like it should be one. That's the maturity that you're seeing out of this kid. And that's what you need. I mean, Miles, it looked like he just never hit that last maturity step where he just would take what was given. It was always kind of, he was trying to force something that wasn't there. Sometimes Deandre is just taking what is given to him and what is given to him right now is a whole bunch of reward for just doing his job. And it becomes at the hands of the offensive line being five grown men, taking other grown men and moving them where they don't want to be moved each and every down. It is immaculate. Like, of course, Maialata, who, by the way, is PFF's second highest graded tackle this year. Jason Kelsey, Landon Dickerson was mauling people before mm-hmm. he got hurt yesterday. Lane Johnson, too. But, like, Cam Jurgens is the quote-unquote worst of the five, and he was amazing last night. I mean, he was he's the fifth highest graded eagle from yesterday on offense. Mm-hmm. So the combo of them and DeAndre Swift, like, taking what they give him with that long-range speed, but also getting more meat off the bones with some of these cuts – setting up these blocks, the patience and vision he shows. It's such a perfect, dangerous combination. And honestly, Gino, like Swift, it felt like a luxury trade day three of the NFL draft because we were 
pretty happy with a Penny Gainwell and uh, Scott backfield. But looking back at it now, they needed Swift more than we thought because if it, if this backfield right now was Gainwell, Penny, and Scott, I don't know if you could look to this run game to take over like it has when the passing game has been inconsistent. Not to this extent. I still think you yeah. could. Or not the way Penny's looked. I mean, because he was the guy we were banking on, and he didn't even touch the football again yesterday. No, even with Boston Scott out, he was not in that game, yeah. which was shocking. But, I mean, it's really not when DeAndre Swift is that good. And hats off to Howie Roseman to, to never settling, right? Like, we could be okay there, but we right. have an opportunity to get better. Mm-hmm. And DeAndre Swift is everything as advertised. It's like when you see the movie trailer six months early, you see all the signs, and then you go and see the movie, and it lives up to the hype. That's what DeAndre Swift is. You love the trade back then. All the reports in camp were that he looks electric. And right now, you're seeing it pay off. I mean, the guy is – I watched the and one mixtape uh, documentary on ESPN the other day. He's a living and one mixtape. He just makes magic happen all day. I mean, hurdling a guy – I mean, he showed off his track skills by literally hurdling a guy. Most guys go forward and they get top heavy. He lands on his feet and continues and almost scores a touchdown. He's right. an all-star by every stretch of the word. Gino, any other stock-ups for you maybe on defense? I think defense, we can kind of just give the whole unit a stock up. I want to go to one person in particular that kind of has taken a royal beating on Twitter the last year or so. Britton Covey, folks, give the kid his respect. I mean, he finally has the ability and the guys in front of him to block to where we're seeing Britton Covey be the best punt returner in the National Football League right now, which is utterly insane to say to the point where he even got on the field as a wide receiver for a little bit. I noticed that fourth that. wide out. Yeah, he got some snaps inside the slot, but yeah, it was great to see finally. That was the best return game the Eagles have had in years. So definitely stock mm-hmm. up to Britton Covey. Coming up next, we'll keep with the positives. We got a lot to talk about with this defense, and we'll get into a few stock downs that's coming your way right here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Before we get into that, we have a message from our friends over at Jace Medical. If you don't know what Jace Medical is, well, I'll hit you with it real quick. When you need to be prepared in an emergency situation, Jace Medical has you covered. They provide five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. So for example, me and the wife, we go camping out here in Denver. We lose service up in the mountains. There's nobody around, no doctor's offices, What happens if I cut my knee on a rock? Well, I had the Jace case. I have emergency life-saving antibiotics that I am prepared with in unexpected situations. And you could get there too. It is easy as 60 seconds, really. It doesn't take too long at all. All you're going to do is go to jacemedical.com today, and you are going to use the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com make sure you have the emergency preparedness jace case on hand for when you are unprepared get 20 dollars off over at jacemedical.com by using that promo code locked on gino i want to start stock up here in segment three with the defensive line i mean when you look at and we've been talking about them every week because they've been so good but the way jordan davis and jalen carter yet again played last night was unbelievable right now pff has them ranked as the fourth and fifth highest graded defensive tackles carter yesterday finishes with five pressures with led the team forced a fumble had a half a sack and by the way he's being double teamed almost more than anybody on the interior in the league he has six pressures against double teams this year which is only second behind micah parsons 
I mean, I don't know how many times we can just say it's unbelievable the NFL let them get this guy, but Jordan Davis, too, I mean, the amount of run stops he made yesterday was, I mean, these two are, they're impacting everything. And the way they are such a force on the interior, it's opening things up for everybody on this defense. Why can the linebackers like Nicholas Morrow and Zach Cunningham make that play where they get that safety when Tampa Isn't that what Bay even Morrow said? One? Right? Yeah, he had to give credit to the defense because all he knows is that those gaps are going to be filled. He has to hit his respective gap and he can attack downhill because it seemed like that four day front when it was the the four down front when it was the Jim Schwartz days and the previous regime under the one who will not be named. It's like they had the four guys. They didn't send many variations of looks and that made it easy for offenses to come out and counteract. Now, Offenses have to prepare for so much on the mental side with this defense. And then, oh, you have to defend Jordan Davis, who's 340 pounds, can get off the line lightning quick, and he's stronger than anybody in the National Football League. And he's in a one-on-one because Jalen Carter next to him is just a mini rhinoceros. And then you have to worry about Josh Sweat and the whole other band of great guys that they I mean, Marlon tui Pelotu has played 17 snaps, Lou. And he has as many sacks, actually more sacks than Fletcher Cox does, who's basically played the whole seat. I mean, everybody is making an impact on this defensive yeah. line. That whole unit. I mean, Tracy Rocker, your defensive line coach, shout out him. I mean, if you see him in practice, the guy can barely walk, but he knows how to teach the fundamentals. He has that unit clicking. Sean Desai, I think, did magic with his rotation, with the looks he presented, and it all stems from the... Tr- I could talk about trench play every minute of my life. Now, when I watch football, I stare at the trenches. I don't even look at the play until it starts to develop. Change yep. the way you watch the game, folks. Watch the center, guard and guard, and the two defensive tackles, and you'll figure out the play as it goes on. And when you see the Eagles break those double teams, oh, play's over because those two guys are just completely unstoppable right now. And they yeah, might they win... All pro odds and defensive they, rookie. The way they're playing, yeah. They are, to me, I mean, it's such a massive thing when you're first and second year defensive linemen at such premier positions, first round investments that you tr- trade it up for both. The fact that they're your two most impactful players so far on this defense is such a positive. I mean, the only guy that has more pressures this year at defensive tackle, uh, is besides Jalen Carter, is the guy that he replaced in Javon Hargrave, who's got 18. Jalen Carter's not far behind with 15. And an underrated part of this, Gino, we talk about Jordan Davis being the main reason you're number one against the run this year. Jalen Carter, according to Pro Football Focus, he's ranked third against the run of mm-hmm. all defensive tackles. They all do their job. And nobody is bigger than that defensive line unit, right? And the Eagles did a fantastic job knowing who they had in that room to keep all those eagle egos in check. And I mean, you have to have egos when you're in that room, right? Like you're Jordan Davis, a national champion, 13th overall pick. You're Jalen Carter, a two-time national champion, premier player, uh, five-star, should have been a top three. Fletcher Cox is going to be in the hall. Of, I mean, yeah. And none of them care about that outside of winning the game. And you hear him after the, I mean, Darius Slay is preaching that message. When asked about his flu-like symptoms, Jalen Hurts says, it doesn't matter, we won. That's what's so great is that even at the most talented position, there's no drama. Nobody's a diva. Nobody wants their numbers racked up. Yeah, would I be pissed if I'm rushing the quarterback that much and I have half a sack like Fletcher Cox? Absolutely. But 
is having the best run defense in the National Football League something to hang your hat on? Absolutely. It's making the quarterback's life hell every single snap something to hang your hat on? Absolutely. Numbers don't mean everything. Yes, 2022 is great, but contextually right now, man, this defensive line is doing things that I didn't see 2022 do. Yeah, for sure. As consistently as they are. On the interior, absolutely. And I love this tweet from Honest NFL about Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis. And he says, but the way they're making life easier for the rest of the defense is what sticks out the most. They're both force multipliers and make it feel like there's mm-hmm. 13 defenders on the field, some snaps. And that's exactly how I feel. Like, Jalen Carter's getting these double teams. Jordan Davis is such a force. He feels like he's two people out there. And when you have to go man-on-man against him, I mean, it's over. And those are there's so many other highlights of this defense that we haven't even talked about. Like, you know, how about on the back end? Reed Blankenship and Sidney Brown. Stud. I mean, that interception that Blankenship made, that read was like, it feels like he's been in the league for 10-plus years the way he read that offense breakdown. And Sidney Brown, by the way, fourth-highest-graded PFF defender on the Eagles last night, saved the touchdown, blew up another screen pass. This is hopefully what your safety future is right here, is Blankenship and Brown. I hope so. I've been screaming into this microphone for years, trying to emphasize what this type of safety play could bring to this football team. And that's exactly that. I mean, no safety has the athleticism that Sidney Brown had on that play against Mike Evans. He hurt his hamstring on it, I guess. I mean, he should be fine, but yeah. I haven't seen an Eagles player make a play like that outside of CGJ in years, Lou. I mean, years. I mean, even Rodney McLeod didn't have elite-level range like that. I mean, he is so fast, so instinctual. And his best play didn't even come against the pass. It comes against the run where he plays that screen pass perfect. He doesn't allow the defender to get on his hip. So he has outside leverage on him to allow the inside to allow the runner to go outside of him. He blows up the outside shoulder, goes right through the tackle, and tackles the guy on the screen before it could get to the line of scrimmage. You can't take him off the field. Reed Blankenship and him hopefully are the future. I mean, We're talking about the four best defenders right now on your defense being under the age of 25 and all on rookie cost-controlled contracts. That might be the biggest stock up out of all of this. And then, Gene, I'll say one stock down, but it's kind of a stock up in the way. It's another way to get another guy in here. Um, Stock down to Quez Watkins, who did not play in this football game, but it's mostly because Ole Mitsikeis only had two catches, but it was for 58 yards and a touchdown. Back-to-back plays on a drive. He gets a 20-plus yard reception. Just getting open, you know, street ball. Knows Jalen Hurts is keeping his eyes downfield, trying to evade defenders. He gets open down the left sideline, and then he chases down that beautiful ball from Hurts that wasn't really the spot his route was going, and Zakai still chases it down. He That's the biggest impact that wide receiver three has made for the Eagles since. Well, honestly, I mean, like, Quez Watkins had a couple nice plays last year, but Quez hasn't had the impact Zacchaeus had in that game since 2021. And if that keeps up this Sunday against Washington, I don't know, man. He's He might be wide receiver three at this point. Again, it was only two receptions, but that's exactly what we've been wanting to see from Quez forever is, yes, you might only get two touches, but make the most of them. And that's exactly what OZ did yesterday. Two catches for 58 yards and a score. That's exactly what you need from that We've role. had two back-to-back weeks where we have seen Wally Pip happen right in front of our eyes. Wally Pip, as a reference, was the guy before Lou Gehrig. Wally Pip gets hurt. Lou Gehrig becomes a Hall of Famer. Kenny Gainwell gets injured. DeAndre Swift, clearly the guy now. Chris Watkins gets injured. I see that Olamide Zacchaeus is clearly the guy now. I mean, he has more zip to him. He's a better route runner, in my opinion. He's a better blocker on the edge. 
And I think just the next man up mentality is what this Eagles team needs because when things don't go right, and I have one quick last stock down, red zone offense, when your offense doesn't go correctly, you're currently tied for 25th at 45.45% of conversion rate in the red zone. When you talk about efficiency, needing everybody step up and do their job when you need, guy like OZ, that's the exact type of player that you need. And again, it's not like there won't be a role for Quez. I mean, with that speed, you definitely still want that guy on the field. But yeah, OZ, though, he's got speed that I think is underrated. And again, this Mm -hmm. is a player that led the Falcons in receiving last year with Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter throwing him the football. And it's a cool story, too, Gino. It's another St. Joe's prep kid local to Philadelphia that's playing really well. It was cool to see Swift be the first one to congratulate him on that touchdown since they went to high school together and played on the same football team. As long as they didn't go to LaSalle, then they're good. Yeah. I know our Philly people. How he's got to keep investing that. in these South Jersey kids because you're white last year, this year, you know, Zacchaeus and Swift. I, that might be a move too. Georgia and St. Joe's Prep. <laughs> they get the culture, they get that area, they get what it takes to play there, man. Like you talk about OZ and Swift, just like you haven't heard them talk. They're just hard nosed guys that they go out there and do their job. And that that's the, I mean, Bill Belichick, like do your job. That's what the Eagles are doing right now, Lou. And it was tough to find negatives to talk about today. And that's a yeah. great thing here on stock up stock down. I'll talk about the positives on the Not positivity pod all day long. Yeah. You nailed it though. Red zone offense. I think Quez Watkins stock down. Josh Job didn't have a great game. Definitely a, a rough outing from him, him on the outside, but overall a very complete win for the Eagles. Got to move on though. We got Washington this Sunday at one o'clock mm-hmm. tomorrow is crossover Thursday with Locked On Commanders, and then we have a Friday show for you as well, getting you ready for Eagles Commanders this Sunday. But that's going to do it for today's edition of the show. I'm Louis DiBiase alongside Gino Camilleri signing off. Thank you so much for making Locked On Eagles your first listen each and every day right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, thank you for downloading, thank you for watching and listening, and let's go Birds! Fly, Eagles, fly.